0: and we welcome you to the monday morning show on wgtd i'm gregory berg i am so happy to be connecting today on the morning show with dr deborah ford chancellor of the university of wisconsin parkside this follows on the heels of interviews with her counterparts at both gateway and carthage uh uh, actually, uh, for Carthage, we didn't speak with President John Swallow, but spoke with someone who was kind of instrumental in putting Carthage's commencement exercises together. We did speak directly with Brian Albrecht, the president of Gateway Technical College. And today, Chancellor Ford, uh, as uh, UW Parkside reaches the end of probably one of the more challenging academic years in its history. And that's, of course, nothing unique to Parkside. It's uh uh, the whole world of education, along with just about every other arena of life and, and of a human endeavor, has been challenged to the max by the covid nineteen pandemic. Parkside has emerged uh, triumphant at least for the most part and uh, and they have just completed uh, a remarkable celebration uh, of their fifty second spring commencement with what i understand to be the largest graduating class in uh Parkside history. And so we're going to be talking about all that and more and about uh, the promise of the future with Chancellor Ford. Chancellor Ford, in your busy schedule, I appreciate you making time for the morning show. We welcome you.
1: Well, Greg, it is always a delight to be part of the morning show and to be able to share uh, the things that are happening at the University of Wisconsin Parkside. And thank you for inviting uh, my higher ed partners to talk about the impact that we make here in Southeast Wisconsin. And of course, uh, could not be happier uh, with the outcomes of the 2021 20, uh, academic year in celebrating our largest class of graduates in university history. Hmm. And I was thrilled a year ago when the class of 20, uh, which would have been our really our sort of honoring our 50th anniversary of the first class, uh, the 1970 class, that the class of 20 was the largest. And we weren't sure. And early indications were that the class of 21 would be a little smaller. Uh, but as more and more students uh, completed the degree application process, we realized that uh, indeed uh, uh, during the years that we've experienced the pandemic, uh, UW Parkside has graduated uh, the most graduates in our history and building on the momentum, making progress on our bold goal uh, to increase the number of graduates. But this really translates to preparing the talent that our thriving region and, uh, and really our country needs. Mm. And uh, so again, couldn't be happier, more proud of our faculty, our staff and our students in demonstrating their resiliency and their adaptability um, and really their compassion uh, for making uh, the best of some very challenging uh, circumstances over the past 15 to 18 months.
0: Yeah. Uh, before we talk about how Parkside chose to celebrate commencement, which of course could not be a commencement in the conventional sense. I mean, it was a commencement, of course, but not, not a normal commencement celebration. Um, I think we should spend a little time talking about this academic year just completed and um, and maybe highlight some specific examples of the innovation and ingenuity and uh, resourcefulness and tenacity and uh, everything else that was demonstrated by faculty staff and students alike uh, to emerge intact uh, from such a, a challenging year. Uh, you and I and a couple of other people at Parkside had a couple of different conversations last summer talking about preparations for this academic year. Uh, for instance, questions like, where are we going to put people? <laughs> How are we going to be able to achieve physical distancing uh, and, and and manage to to continue to deliver education, but in a way that will keep everybody safe, those receiving the education, those delivering it? Uh, first of all i'm just curious to know how the carefully laid plans of the summer played out when it came to the actual school year i mean did the plans so carefully laid end up being sufficient or did those plans have to in any significant way be sort of revised along the way so great
1: question and i love that uh you're leading this with thinking about the innovation and ingenuity that our faculty and staff really um, deployed uh, during the pandemic year. And so I guess in in order to answer the question, I would say that yes, our plans were effective, but I think one of the most important aspects of our planning during this COVID environment, it has been the uh, willingness to adapt and to evolve as circumstances changed and as the, you know, global health crisis really changed and as we learned more about COVID-19 and and its impact on our learning environments and our personal uh, personal lives, but also as vaccines became available. And so we were able to make some significant changes. And Greg, I think it's important for me to remind uh, our listeners today that, When we started our planning related to the pandemic, we uh, set three uh, very important goals. And the first goal was to protect the health and safety of our learning community. The second goal was to deliver our academic mission. And the third goal was to do our part as individuals and as a learning community to reduce the spread of COVID-19. And we implemented the health protocols In accordance with uh, CDC and state guidance, and of course with the Board of Regents, Uh, we uh, set up our classrooms and our environment uh, here to be socially distanced. It is still that way. Uh, We are hoping to make those uh, modifications uh, uh, this summer uh, for what we would consider a more traditional environment for fall, which I know we'll talk about as well. Um, We unfortunately did not have events on campus, and that will tell you that is something that I am very much looking forward to um, hopefully in this next academic year uh, to bring more people back to campus. But about between 35 and 40% of our courses were offered face to face and you know 60% were offered virtually. And uh, that fluctuated a little bit and again uh, the what our faculty were able to do uh, was remarkable and how our students adapted to those modifications, certainly it's evident in graduating the most students in our history. Mm-hmm. I would like to share a few examples of some things that uh, how our faculty adapted, if that would be okay. Uh, so I, I, I'm gonna start with this one, uh, Dr. James Kinchin, who you know really well, and uh, he also you know, was recognized by the, I wanna make sure I get this right, the Wisconsin Choral Directors Association with the prestigious Morris D. Hayes Award. And Dr. Kenshin had a pop-up concert at the end of the academic year a few weeks ago uh, to be able uh, to have our students share their beautiful um, choral music. And they were in main place and uh, you could hear the music throughout the academic concourse here at UW Parkside. Our theater department live streamed all of their productions this last academic year and actually stood up uh, the College of Arts and Humanities production uh, team and studio and amazing. I invite our listeners to visit the UW Parkside website uh, to see uh, these performances. They were all masked and um, again, just remarkable um, performances, but also in alignment with the, the COVID health protocols. We also had our quick pitch competition uh, via live stream and virtually. We had our student showcase where our students presented their research uh, across uh, the disciplines with primary focus certainly in the natural and health sciences. That was conducted virtually for the past two years. Our, um, the communication week Uh, They, rather than have that in person in a series of speakers, they adapted that to a virtual format as well. So our faculty really embraced how do we keep some of the important traditions and aspects of learning um, and the experiential um, aspects of, of really a UW Parkside education at the center of how we adapt during the COVID environment. The other part I would add is that some of the things that we have learned is we will keep, uh, we've learned a lot during this pandemic year and we've modified our cl- more of our classrooms to do live streaming and uh, implemented some new technologies. And again, our faculty really embraced uh, the, their responsibility in uh, learning the new technology. So kudos to them. Uh, kudos to our students, and uh, and really to our entire campus team.
0: Mm. One one question that I don't remember asking back uh, last summer when we were talking about your your preparation for this now completed academic year was uh, the layout of Parkside's wonderful physical facility. I, I mean, I'm talking about your big sprawling main building where nearly all of your classes are taught, and and so on. Uh, if the layout of, of that facility lent itself relatively well to what you needed to do in terms of creating the necessary physical distancing and so on. I, I, I ask that because I, I think certain institutions of higher learning, uh, and for that matter, just public elementary, elementary schools, for instance, uh, if you happen to be in a building constructed in such a way That was nice and cozy, then suddenly you have a situation which is just untenable when you have an epidemic and you need to create physical distancing. For Parkside, uh, not to minimize how challenging it was, but the fact that you had kind of the room you did overall, was that helpful for the cause in terms of keeping people safe?
1: Well, I think I would describe UW Parkside's physical layout as. uh cozy and personal. And many of our classrooms are smaller, right? 20 to 30 students in a classroom, it's a square. And to be able to have six foot social distancing as a radius uh, creates some challenges in how you bring students and faculty together. So we were able to, I would say repurpose uh, the ballroom, and here at the university, which many of your listeners uh, visit uh, for events and celebrations and uh, meetings. Well, that for the past uh, fifth, uh, year has been two classrooms uh, set up differently uh, to accommodate uh, again, face-to-face uh, classes Our cinema, uh, the home of the uh, longstanding foreign film series has been a classroom and a meeting space for large gatherings. And then many of our classrooms have been repurposed. If you walk into those now, because we're in the process of a transition this summer, or or hopefully a more traditional experience in fall of 2021, there are stickers that say you can sit here, uh, don't sit here. Rows are blocked off, and it, it, so it's very different. The concourse, the, some of the furniture has been removed uh, for social distancing, and on tables, you know, it says one person at a two top table, uh, two socially distance at a four top. And I think the other modification, I think that you would see uh, is certainly in the labs on campus as well. So many of the labs, uh, scientific labs, they maintained in-person work during uh, the past academic year. Uh, But again, uh, students were not right next to each other at the um, benches you know, they were certainly separated. So uh, we adapted and then for the small classrooms that we were not able to repurpose for instruction, we reserved those uh, for independent study and for meeting spaces for faculty and students because the offices that many of our faculty members have are small and we wanted to maintain that six foot social distance. So we really tried to think what were the needs of our learners uh, and how, how do we use uh, really our physical infrastructure uh, to make those modifications?
0: Hmm. I'm really glad you said that because uh, you know, as I think a lot of people, when they think of Parkside, they think of those spectacular concourses in which people move, and they are so beautifully spacious with windows on either side, and it just feels so open and wonderful. But you are absolutely right when it comes to the actual learning spaces Many of those are actually quite intimate. And of course, that's the kind of thing that uh, can be a, a, a real big uh, issue. One other thing about the, the physical plant, I, I have a friend who uh, teaches at the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater and uh, in the music department there. And uh, my understanding is very late in the game, they discovered kind of to their horror that the air exchange rate in this relatively new building was not nearly what had been earlier estimated. And at the last moment in the summer, they were frantically scrambling to sort of restructure how they were going to do things because they had rooms that did not have the air exchange that uh, had been originally, but incorrectly ascertained. And uh, that was kind of a lesson for a lot of us in the importance of air exchange. And uh, I'm hoping that when it came to Parkside, that, Air exchange rates, something that probably none of you had ever spent a moment thinking about, uh, were such that, that you were able to fully utilize uh, just about all of your spaces.
1: Absolutely. And I'm, I'm going to uh, make sure you know that John Brooke, who leads our facilities department, he was thinking about this mm. and made sure that, again, early last summer, so about a year ago from right now, he was looking at what modifications we needed to make in terms of filters, in terms of air exchange, and how do we provide really an optimal environment uh, to again, reduce the spread of COVID-19. And you know, the good news is is that based on our testing that we did regularly, thank you, President Thompson for bringing resources from the federal government for us to be able to do surveillance testing of our residential students in the fall, And then of course, all of our students, faculty and staff um, in the spring semester, and then having community testing available, again, free for our community, uh, which continues even today. Uh, We're gonna continue that this summer, Uh, we'll have testing available uh, for COVID-19. And um, so that was really important. Another piece of information on air exchange and sort of the utilities and uh, uh, heat and air conditioning and how that works, UW Parkside is uh, undergoing a significant renovation of Wiley Hall. And, uh, and certainly Wiley Hall was named in honor of our founding chancellor, um, Irv Wiley. And uh, so if, when folks return to campus, they are going to uh, be greeted with a new entrance and a new look uh, in the library on the uh, L1 level. Uh, We're still under construction in the D1 level. We will enhance our student success um, offices and operations, and it is coming along nicely. And then on the D2 level, where the air exchangers uh, for Wiley Hall are located, they are all being replaced from the 1970s technology um, to today's uh, technologies. And that is um, another, you know, opportunity uh, here, you know, to maintain the quality of our physical learning environment. And I can't wait to showcase uh, these new spaces. And if anybody wants to go down into the D2 level and see the new air exchangers, let me know uh, uh, because it's and you can see the progress. And we have some local contractors with Kamosi and Lee uh, working on this project. So a lot's happening at Parkside. I can't wait until folks can come back and see it.
0: Wonderful. For those of you just joining us on today's morning show, it's my pleasure to have back on the program, Dr. Deborah Ford, who is Chancellor of the University of Wisconsin Parkside, Uh, Gateway's neighbor just to the north and uh, Carthage's neighbor just to the west. And uh, uh, we're talking about the academic year uh, just completed. And now we're going to be talking about the 52nd uh, spring commencement at the University of Wisconsin Parkside, which took place. Uh, on May 15th, uh, an an event in which Parkside uh, graduated its largest class of graduates, something like 566, if I remember correctly, from the news release that I saw. So first of all, take us inside the discussions that I'm sure took place beginning, I'm sure, many months ago in terms of how to have commencement. And I suspect that one of the interesting, uh, I don't know, difficulties maybe with, with that discussion is the fact that commencement occurred at a point when things were beginning slowly to open up again. And I'm sure there were probably uh, a, a different perspectives on how open, how public, how normal could this commencement celebration be. Uh, help us understand first of all who was part of that discussion and kind of the shape of that discussion over the last few months.
1: Yeah, really good uh, questions, and it really starts with a goal and a vision, right? And as you know, at UW Parkside, many of our students are the first in their family to graduate from college or university, and so commencement is this culmination of their success, not only uh, for them but for their family members and we started talking several months ago about how do we have a celebration in a COVID environment that really helps our students to celebrate their success and their academic journey at UW Parkside. So our commencement committee led by Julie Lee and our provost office and Rhonda Kimmel in our registrar's office, along with a number of other colleagues, uh, including our deans and uh, their assistants, uh, and certainly the administration began to think, what could we do? And so we agreed that we would do a virtual ceremony, uh, very similar to what we were able to do in, for our December commencement and the College of Arts and Humanities production team live streamed the event. And again, I could not be more proud of what they were able to do. And the provost and I delivered our remarks uh, live on Saturday morning, May 15th from Bedford Hall, and oh, the set, uh, everything just, it was magical, I just have to say, and, in, and then um, prior to that, they recorded the Parkside Range uh, mm-hmm. for their, their um, song that they showcased. Uh, they also recorded uh, uh, comments from all of our deans, and their reflections and their message to the graduates of their respective colleges. And then of course, our chancellor's award recipient and her remarks to her fellow graduates, uh, Jessica Majak, and who's a double major in math and economics. And uh, the good news is she's staying in the region um, and already has a job. And uh, but it, so this virtual celebration came together. And then we said, what can we do within the COVID health protocols to allow our graduates to come to campus, wear their caps and gowns, pick up their diploma covers, take some professional uh, photos and engage with uh, their respective colleges. So the deans and their assistants along with the commencement committee said, well, let's do this at four different locations across our campus. And so the College of Business Economics and Computing Uh, they held their ceremony in the Sport and Activity Center. And so you checked in, you received a gift, Uh, the dean presented your diploma cover with a photo, and then we had a professional photographer that took photos as well. And then you were at at that college, you came, and you came by major. Then the College of Arts and Humanities and our College of Social Science and Professional Studies uh, presented their uh, diplomas and graduation uh, celebration on the main stage in the RITA. And students' names were called, they crossed the stage and they mostly reported by major. And we were able to showcase their names, you know, on the screen, uh, on the stage. Again, making it a little more personal. And then our College of Natural and Health Sciences uh, had their celebration on the sidewalk, sort of under the bridge between the Student Center and Molinaro Hall. So the best part for me and members of the administration and our faculty is that we had a chance to visit all of the locations. And uh, students were able to bring up to two guests, uh, again, to maintain that social distancing and uh, come in person, uh, again, uh, receive their diploma cover, um, meet with their faculty. And Greg, let me tell you one of the most amazing parts of this was seeing our students who had, for many, been in a virtual environment for over a year, see each other for the first time face-to-face. Mm. And uh, you know you just can't underestimate how important these, these opportunities to gather again face-to-face are and will be over the next several months. And uh, I, I, I give kudos to the deans, their assistants, the commencement committee for really thinking about our students and their success uh, because that's what was most important. And uh, it was a wonderful day. I stayed all day, uh, Mm -hmm. met many of our graduates. I couldn't be in four places at once, but I did make it to every single location and uh, talk to our graduates, talk to their family members. Even I was a photographer a few times uh, to help them celebrate and capture uh, these memories. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are looking at what could we do for the class of 20 uh, for our graduates of May 20 and December 20? So we're looking to survey our grads and what, what would they like to do uh, for something in person possibly. And, uh, but they have received their diploma covers and we had a program, a printed program and listing all of their names. It's also virtual. So we tried to keep things as special as possible yeah. because graduating from UW Parkside is a big deal.
0: As you're describing this, and it sounds just lovely, and and also exciting, and and uh, and appropriate, and I mean, it, it sounds like it was really, really well conceived. I know uh, at Carthage that one of the things that I heard from a number of different graduates, I suspect you probably heard from some of your graduates and their families as well, is that this kind of a commencement. Uh, where you don't have thousands of people gathered in a room and a lot of people at a faraway stage, uh, that's one thing, but that this kind of commencement was far more intimate and personal. And, uh, and I think I never would have dreamt that there could be that kind of a silver lining, uh, but I heard that over and over again at my little station where I was volunteering as, as, as one of the hosts to, uh I heard that again and again. And uh, it prompts the question of whether or not you think any of these elements of this most recent commencement should possibly be retained uh, in future commencements when it's safe again to have huge crowds. Uh, Is it a little premature to be having those kind of conversations or are they already taking place?
1: I would say we heard very similar feedback, right? Uh, you, you were able to show up and uh, you, you got in line and, and you walked through and it was very special and personalized for you and your family members. And I would say that uh, our wheels were turning as we were watching uh, the day unfold. Hmm. How might we use what we're learning here and reflect on incorporating that into future uh, commencement celebrations? So I know The members of our commencement committee, I believe they meet next week, they took this week off. Uh, We've got thank yous to do and and, uh, they'll meet uh, next week and begin to think, okay, what are some of the things we'd like to retain? Uh, What did we learn uh, from these? uh, the way we adapted uh, commencement? But one thing that's important to note is that for our December 2021 graduates, uh, we will have the opportunity to celebrate in a Fully remodeled De Simone Gymnasium, and uh, right now uh, the the old bleachers are finally out of the building. And from the 1970s, and again we're modernizing uh, to a you know full university uh, environment uh, and a 21st century look uh, with the help of many many sponsors across our community. And very excited about that renovation and So no matter what, commencement will be different because it will be in a uh, newly renovated venue uh, with some new features. So uh, stay tuned, uh, Greg, uh, to determine how we will celebrate student success in the future.
0: Fantastic. By the way, it just occurred to me, I hadn't thought I would ask you this, but uh, it occurs to me that uh, one big decision, that one big difference between for instance, Carthage and versus Parkside is that Parkside is part of this marvelous, sprawling uh, statewide university system. And that uh, although I know each of the, each of the specific campuses are granted a certain amount of autonomy, you also are part of a system and there is a certain amount of governance that occurs from the top. Uh, when it came to, for instance, the matter of how to put together commencement, um, were there certain uh, restrictions that were, in a sense, uh, imposed from, from on high uh, that, that all of the campuses of, of, of the state system had to uh, adhere to? Or, by and large, were each of you uh, free to kind of create whatever commencement celebration you thought was most appropriate for your setting?
1: Yeah, this is something we've talked about in our conversations over the past several months about how much autonomy we have at UW Parkside. And one of the strengths of the UW system is the uniqueness and, and of each campus and, uh, and how each campus particularly serves its it's region locally, but has a more global and uh, national impact. So for us, again, we had the flexibility and autonomy to plan a commencement ceremony that fit with our campus culture uh, and our campus environment. And they were all very, very different. Uh, Madison was able to have, I I know, I believe they hosted their graduates at Camp Randall um, without guests. Uh, so everybody did it a little differently based on the, their physical facilities and their staff capabilities and, and really what was happening across their region. Um, but I am, again, so glad that we had the foresight to say, okay, let's plan as if there will be, uh, that the vaccines will make an impact and we will be able to bring people together uh, safely. And uh, that worked really well for us. Uh, again I, I just it was it was a great day mm. uh, and uh, I would say that the 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 cloud or the, the aura of the commencement is uh, still here on our campus.
0: Mm. For those of you just joining us I'm speaking with Dr. Deborah Ford, Chancellor of the University of Wisconsin Parkside. We've been talking about the academic year just uh, completed and uh Parkside's 52nd Spring Commencement, which occurred on May 15th, uh, with its largest graduating class ever. (laughs) And again, that's, that's a real hallmark of the tenacity of your students and faculty and staff, that you were able to uh, achieve that at at a point in time when I know many other schools did not experience that, experienced actually uh, just, just the opposite. So, Uh, congratulations to all of you responsible for that. Uh, Earlier in the conversation, you remarked on some of the air exchange uh, changes being made. And I know that also uh, some extensive renovation is underway at Parkside, I think, even as we speak. Uh, But I think at least for the most part, renovation that would be pretty much invisible uh, to the casual passerby because it involves I think, for the most part, Parkside's underground, if you will. Um, Would you mind just telling us a little bit about what is underway right now in terms of this uh, renovation?
1: Absolutely. And there are about $54 million worth of improvements happening at Parkside. Wow. And first, the biggest one is certainly the Wiley Hall project, where we're really... Uh, replacing all of the air handlers and air exchange system, and then doing some modifications of our D1 level, which houses our student success offices and enrollment services offices. And that would be in the lower main place. We're also uh, making accessibility better. And then we'll be making some modifications to the beautiful skylight um, in, uh, in the facility. So some, a lot of things happening in Wiley Hall. And then of course, Uh, The uh, L1 level of the library uh, has been uh, renovated and uh, the uh, circulation desk has been moved and a beautiful uh, new gathering space has been created and a coffee venue uh, will now be a part of our library starting this fall. So uh, I invite folks to come on out um, and uh, certainly as we get all of this open in time for the fall semester. And uh, Greg may wanna have John Brook and uh, Tammy McGuckin and Anna Static uh, who are leading this effort uh, on our campus for um, one of your shows to talk about the vision behind this project and and the work that's happened. Um, We also are doing some continued renovations in our sport and activity center. We have installed a golf, uh, the Mark Olson in honor of our, uh, Golf, former golf coach, uh, the Mark Olson Golf Simulation Center. Uh, we also uh, have repurposed what was our pool. Uh, it is now uh, the Rick Hilps uh, Turf Center, and that will be opening up uh, this summer. And then, of course, as I mentioned earlier, the Simone Gymnasium is getting uh, a makeover as well with uh, new bleachers and some new uh, spaces uh, that will be really great for watching the Rangers uh, in action. Starting out this fall. And then, one project that I I really should mention is the utility tunnel project. So, if you were on the east side of the campus uh, near uh, Wood Road, uh, you will notice that uh, a lot of dirt moving, and uh, they are uh, improving the utility tunnel. And then, another project that we will do this summer is install the fire uh, safe, upgrade the fire safety suppression system. Um, on our campus and most of these projects are funded by the state of Wisconsin. So I thank our legislators um, and the governor for their support of our learning environment and the infrastructure. And then of course some private um, uh, donors and friends of the university are making uh, our projects possible as well. So a true team effort uh, to enhance the learning experience for students, faculty, staff, and of course um, our community.
0: Wonderful. Can you just explain, uh, the, I, I've just f- found it kind of fascinating that there are tunnels. Uh, is, uh, do they serve any particular purpose?
1: Oh, absolutely. So there's a tunnel from the academic concourse. Uh, it's between, I believe it's between Malinero and Greenquest, And the tunnel goes all the way to the power plant um, on Wood Road. And I've, I've walked about a quarter of it. I have not been <laughs> all the way through. Uh, but it is, you know, you can walk uh, uh, through there and over time you have to go in and do some work on the outside of that, you know, to protect that uh, because it, you know, corrodes and erodes over time. And so we're uh, enhancing that infrastructure and that is how the steam and chilled water um, certainly heats and cools uh, the campus. And then there are also other utilities uh, in terms of uh, electric and certainly technology and telecom uh, that runs through there as well
0: wow
1: Uh, things that you didn't think a chancellor knew about but yes i've been in the boiler room
0: (laughs) i am deeply and i've been to the roof yes Uh, right
1: i've been on the roof
0: (laughs) (laughs) well and those are all things that also matter and it it just underscores that that when you're talking about a complex university campus or college campus you're talking about all kinds of things uh, and not just desks and blackboards, but also that the whole physical plant that is so so essential. And and in some respects, uh, in this time of COVID, we're coming to a new appreciation for the significance of a lot of those things. So yeah, and mm-hmm. can I add
1: one thing to that? Because I yeah. think it's so important uh, in that much of the work, as you said, is things you can't see, but you would know if it didn't work, okay? And so... Uh, Big shout out to our facilities maintenance team and our custodians, because those folks never left campus during COVID. They were here to make sure that the physical environment was not only maintained, but was enhanced with these sanitization and these health protocols. So a big shout out to them and their contributions uh, here at UW Parkside and of course at Carthage and Gateway as well.
0: Right, on the front line for sure. So as we've touched on, uh, the the dark cloud of COVID, although by no means entirely lifted, has is beginning to lift to some extent, and something at least vaguely re- resembling the old normal uh, is slowly but surely beginning to return. And uh, for Parkside, of course, uh, we're talking about this next academic year. So at this point in time, what is the plan for the next academic year is it for at least for the most part a return to delivering education as it had been delivered pre-covid or or not quite to that extent yet
1: so our plans uh, are to be more like the fall of 2019 than the fall of 20 and so our schedule uh ha- was posted in april Uh, Students are registering for what we hope to be more face-to-face classes and uh, hope to be about 75 to 80% face-to-face. We would normally have uh, about 20% virtual anyway, and that is a growing aspect of our learning environment. And then we are uh, reviewing how we might have events, uh, both campus events and community events on campus as well and then certainly reviewing the modifications to the health protocols and how they enhance our campus community. So this is a, a year of, or a summer of transition and over the next uh, few months, we'll be bringing more employees back to campus uh, from their virtual work environments. And we wanna focus on this as a process, not as an event, uh, mm-hmm. because again, as I mentioned, bringing people back together is a big deal when we've been apart and we've been sort of told to be apart. Uh, So how we do that and how we bring people together and and how we facilitate that and encourage that socialization again is really important uh, to starting uh, our fall 2021 semester.
0: So at this point in time, who is permitted to, for instance, walk into the main building at Parkside and walk down the academic concourse? I mean, uh, are there still restrictions in place? I mean, if I drove to Parkside and walked in the door, would I be taken away in handcuffs? I'm being a little facetious here. But I mean, are, are, is, 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 is the presence of outsiders outside of the Parkside community, is that still restricted at this point in time? Or have at least most of those restrictions been lifted?
1: We are actually, we, of course, have folks coming and going, right? And uh, we will be announcing uh, soon about our visitor policy uh, that is under review. Ah. This is our week between the spring semester and the summer semester. And so our, what we called the Ranger Restart website is being repurposed to the Ranger Recovery website. So Ah. everything is shifting as we begin the summer And um, we, of course, are not going to, I don't think turn people away, uh, but we ask folks to follow the health protocols that we have in place on campus uh, when they do visit. And of course, I would invite listeners to visit the beautiful outdoor environments of UW Parkside. I can tell you that there are folks uh, using the cross country course, they're playing disc golf because I can see the disc outside of my window (laughs) Um, and so, uh, and I know folks are enjoying our campus and that is one of the things I look forward to most is, uh, bringing our community back, uh, to our campus, uh, because we are, you know, the university for the community and that's so important to us.
0: And that's of course been one of the most, uh, impressive and proudest legacies of UW Parkside for as long as I have been here is the exceptional lengths to which you have gone to. Uh, welcome the community to your campus and to engage with the community in a lot of impressive ways. Before we let you go, uh, we, we just have uh, maybe two or three minutes left, but is are, are there any exciting plans for the future that you want to at least briefly highlight for our listeners?
1: Well, I think I would end with what I'm looking forward to. And because there's a lot of exciting things happening that I certainly talked about in terms of our learning environment, the enhancements of building on the momentum of celebrating the largest graduating class in our history. Uh, It just gets better from here, but I am so looking forward to having more students and faculty and staff on campus. I've been on campus um, since August, almost full time. And uh, I am ready to have more people here with us as we transition this summer. I am looking forward to hosting community events Uh, We are looking forward to showcasing the exceptional talent of our students and having uh, the RITA active and and full again. And I think the other piece is, I am really looking forward to those informal conversations that we have on the concourse uh, that our faculty have before and after class with our students. And uh, just really looking forward to, I would say building on the momentum and the things that we have learned uh during you know one of the most challenging years uh, that has impacted all of us and so again kudos to our faculty staff and students for what they have done um, it is an honor uh, to be a part of this learning community and this broader community and to be able to lead uw parkside
0: dr uh, debbie ford chancellor of the university of wisconsin parkside uh, you and your colleagues have a lot to be proud of and uh, we congratulate you on uh, making it through this academic year so successfully and so safely, and uh, and for the festivities of your 52nd uh, spring commencement, uh, the largest class in Parkside history. And uh, I'm always happy to have you on the morning show and look forward to our further conversations. Very best wishes to you.
1: Thank you so much, Greg.